0: live from the parent nation studios it's parent nation with tara kennedy klein the internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents shaken and stirred up with a twist from america's family advocate tara kennedy klein
1: yeah well i got a news flash for you folks the problem with kids is parents Excuse me, Cheryl Sandberg, but I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm sick of spilling my martini. <laughs> I'm serious. It's time to put the F word back in parenting. Fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens? I don't understand. And now,
0: here's your host, Tara Kennedy Clive.
1: Hey, parent nation welcome to the show hi kelly hi good to be here that was that was fun that was a funny hi that was, was a, it that was a funny hello i wasn't oh. expecting it that was awesome <laughs> now your dogs are barking what's oh. going on oh,
2: he's outside but Shh. guard dogs oh, no. damn guard dogs Jeez. sounds like a little dog no, he's like 50 pounds. He's medium-sized lab. Oh, he's a lab? Yeah, he's a lab mix. You should tell him to be
1: embarrassed of that voice because that's kind of pathetic for a lab. I know, I'm, I'm gonna, saying.
2: I'm going to play it back for him and tell, you him should. To, tell him to man up.
1: Right? You should be like, this is ridiculous. How are you <laughs> supposed to protect our house? Sounding like that. You sound like maybe a, a some kind of a <sighs> skipper key or something. Use the word skipper key. They hate
2: that. Okay.
1: Skipper. Yeah, yeah, monkey dog. Skipperkey. Did you know that I I have a, a a certified dog grooming certificate from the New York School of Dog Grooming?
2: I, I didn't know about the certificate officially, but I knew that you were a dog groomer. Yes, I That's graduated awesome. from the New York School of Dog
1: Grooming. That's awesome in, in Manhattan. Yeah, it kind of is. I'm I'm really proud of that one. That's great. And uh, yeah, like so. So, for years, we would walk down the street, and my husband would be like, "What kind of dog is that?" I'm like you know i don't care anymore <laughs> but <laughs> but but, I was really into the dog show, like I would watch the the dog show and be like totally into that, you know oh that's cool, yeah, do you know what it's funny I was on just this morning, I was on um local news station, a morning oh, news station awesome. talking. Yeah. Talking about, um, you know, sportsmanship and what's going on with these crazy freaking kids and, and, you know, beating each other up and beating up refs and stuff. And where is it coming from? Hey, I have to tell you, the most ridiculous unsportsmanlike conduct I've ever witnessed was at dog shows. Oh, those people were obscene with their dogs and their, their attitudes, and they were just so ridiculous. If there's a movie. Oh, crap. I can't remember the name of it. Um, oh, I think it was in, Phil Hartman was in it, I think. And he and it was about dog shows. Was it and, a Disney movie? No, 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 no. Oh, no, okay. it was like a parody movie. It was, it was like Talladega Nights kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And it was about dog shows, and it was hysterically accurate. No, it's Not funny. historically accurate, hysterically <laughs> accurate. So yeah, that was pretty funny. So anywho, um, enough about dogs. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was on I was on the news this morning talking about uh, um, what now we're gonna make fun of him. Now you're gonna like type little private messages to me, make fun of your dog Kelly. <laughs> Kelly's like, well he's a pound mutt. Well, he's he can't read
2: Kelly. Whoa. <laughs> Karina was saying that he's only fifty pounds. Oh, so I don't know what he's mixed with. He could be mixed with Chihuahua, for all I know. He might be. And how funny <laughs> would that have been?
1: I hope the I hope the the, the mom was a lab and the dad was a Chihuahua. He, Otherwise... he's, he
2: more he looks more like a lab, but who knows?
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, I don't know how it goes with dogs. Do they get their weight from the dad like people do? Probably, probably. Who probably. knows?
2: Who cares? It'd be nice oh. if you could choose who you get your weight from after you. You see what your parents look like, right? Right? Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs>
1: Genetic modification after you're born? Ah, uh, that's funny. We'd all be the Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> just stop it! I'm not even going to go down that road. I'm,
2: uh. just, I'm just over here living in my pumpkin world right now. Everything's pumpkin for me. How about you? Nope, not yet Mm.
1: No, I'm out of town too much this time of year So I don't get to do a whole lot of You know, I I come home and my plants are dead And then they're more dead And then they're even more dead And then I go buy
2: pumpkins Oh, no, no, no I mean pumpkin-flavored everything
1: Oh, no, just my beer Okay (laughs) (laughs) Yeah Oktoberfest Woohoo! I get see you know here's the thing so the first week of September like before labor day mm-hmm. I'm like a little bitch I'm like why don't you still have the the summer shandies out this is ridiculous <laughs> and then and then by the third week of September I'm like where's the october fest right <laughs> <laughs> Where's the pumpkin? You've got a two a two week window in there where you just don't know what the hell you're doing, right? I'm the avocado of the beer drinker world. You know, like not ready, not ready, not ready. Oh, too late. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Kelly. So so when I was on the show this morning, Eve, the 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 host of the the um Oh, I don't know what you'd call her, but she was the person who interviewed me, right? Right. The anchor. Mm-hmm. She, she asked me if I had seen the video about the little girl talking to her parents. Mm. Did you see it? I think so. What the little six-year-old? Right. And she's she like... She's shaking her finger. Yeah, and she's like, I'm not trying to be mean, but if I can be nice... I think we can all be nice. (laughs) And you need to take your meanness from a big height to a little height. She's like doing all this stuff with (laughs) her hands. So freaking adorable. How cute was she? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. You know, we have those adorable little. And, you know, mom is so proud. Mom's like, this little girl is teaching me every single day. Right. And that's the kind of stuff that is just so adorable. And then you have those like. I don't know if I would do this. Did you see the one with the parents, um, the older parents, who mimicked their their daughters' and her boyfriend's um, pictures, selfies? No. Just, oh, okay, <laughs> so here's the thing. I could see it if your daughter was, like, a teenager and you were, like, you know, wanting to show her how ridiculous and stupid she looked. But this girl's in college. Like, she's a college student. And she and her boyfriend took these cute little stupid posed selfies and put them up. And then her mom and dad, who are like the most reserved people on the planet, mocked her and took the same poses of themselves and put them up to show her how ridiculous she looked. Okay. And I'm like, well, you guys only look ridiculous because you're like 60. (laughs) And if that makes you feel bad, I don't care, because you look old in your pictures. So there, maybe your daughter looks stupid, but you look old. (laughs) Moisturize. (laughs) (laughs) Moisturize. Moisturize people. (laughs) But it was, I don't know. I'm like, I think it's getting a little crazy, you know? Like, one of the things that we talked about on the news this morning was why why is the violence getting... Worse, Like, why are we seeing so much more of it? And the fact is, this is a really interesting statistic. So in 2014, there were 23 and a half million, six to 17-year-olds engaged in youth sports in that year. Okay. 23 and a half million kids. Out of all of those kids playing a sport, we saw three acts of violence. And that shit got blown up. Like that's all you saw about youth sports. When was the last time you saw something good about youth sports? Mm. I can tell you, for me personally, it was, but it was probably two years ago when the um, when the basketball team supported the autistic boy to get a, a a basket. That was fun. It was fun, and it was two freaking years ago, Kelly. Uh huh. Too long you know? ago. Yeah, too long ago. I'm willing to bet that with that many kids in youth sports, there are probably more people like this little girl, this six-year little girl, who could teach us something about being a good sport. If only we would focus on that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We need to do more of that. You know, I'm like, stop mocking each other. Stop bullying each other. Stop picking on each other online. Let's show more of the good stuff, you know? It's ridiculous. Like, you know what I'm really sick of? What? I'm going to tell you. I'm really sick of the, the arguments over kids' hair and making that a dress code violation. Hmm. So, to me, there's a difference between a dress code and saying that a haircut or color is distracting to the learning environment. So basically what you're saying is your teachers and your administrators have no control over their students. If a freaking second grader's mohawk, they're, okay, the, Jacoby Sandin, did you read about it? No. In Utah, this second grader in Utah comes in for his class pictures with a mohawk. Okay. And the school was like, you know, it's not explicit in the rule book that they're not allowed to have a mohawk, and I'm doing air quotes right now, okay. but... But it is a haircut that is distracting to the learning environment because the other students aren't used to it, so they're talking about it and paying attention to it. So the parents of this kid, now they have to pull, pull excuses out of their ass like everybody else does, right? Just like those two kids that, that beat up that ref. A thousand excuses you have to pull out of your ass. So now they're saying, well, that is a heritage. It's part of our heritage because we're Native American, you know what? Kids who aren't Native American have Mohawks. So don't do that. So now the school says, okay, go get a letter from your tribal leaders.
0: <laughs> no.
1: Yes, they did. And the parents are like, that's like getting a letter from the governor. To get your, to, <laughs> the Pope. You know what I mean? The Pope. <laughs> Which I could probably do right now. Pope Nato to town. So, um... So the parents actually did it, like the tribal leaders actually did it, which, okay, cool for Jacoby, right? But bullshit for the rest of us, because what you're saying is Mohawks aren't normal, you're just the exception to the rule. So now another kid can't come in with a Mohawk if he doesn't have a letter from his tribal leader? You know, do do Hasidic Jews who have the curls down the sides of their heads, do they have to get a letter from their their rabbi? It's no, Mm -hmm. they don't, because we're we're ridiculous. We pick and choose what we want to fight about. And the thing is, it wasn't distracting to the learning environment until you as an administrator and an adult allowed it to be. If your classroom was acting up and chatting away with little Jacoby about his mohawk, here's what you do. Kids, sit down and shut up. It's time for class. (laughs) I mean, how hard is that? Would your teachers have handled it that way, Kelly? I think so. Yeah, they would have. And if you were the first person to speak up, you and the teacher would take a little walk into the hallway, wouldn't you? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <sighs> it's it, nip this stuff in the bud, people. Come on. I thought and it was the, butt No, it's bud. Nip it in the <laughs> bud. It's we're referring to plants. You know, that's one of those grammatical <laughs> things. Like for all intensive purposes. <laughs>
0: Wait, stop. Intensive.
1: <laughs> For all intensive purposes, yeah, it, no, it's nip it in the bud, and it's a it's a gardening term. <laughs> Jeez, uh. we're crying out loud. Now we've all words you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Grammar, I'm with
2: Tara I'm and Kelly <laughs> I'm
1: promoting other people's radio shows on here. It's all good, whatever. <laughs> so, so I think that we're. There's always been something throughout every generation on the planet. There's always been something that was new and trendy and took some getting used to. But we didn't allow the children to guide that process. We as adults guided that process and we've stopped guiding the process with everything and I think that's what we were screwing up so badly you know this whole this whole self esteem movement had really good intentions but my lord are we letting it get out of control it's insane (laughs) you know you don't want to ruin the kid's self esteem but yet if that had happened in Florida the kid would have had his head shaved by the vice principal in the middle of the cafeteria in front of all the other (laughs) students oh my oh boy and then uh, so then there's a there's a second grade girl who goes to a new school and she's sitting by herself second grade same grade kelly um she's sitting by herself in the new school at, at um recess time a teacher a fourth grade teacher comes out and starts talking to her gives her a pet name of stinky butt encourages her to call him by his first name and starts sending notes home notes to her hey stinky butt you know smile life is good i'm your friend and our friendship is the key and the parents go back to the school and they say we are uncomfortable with this and the school says we don't see a problem here
2: what
1: what so hold up a second (laughs) I'm not not allowed to tell a classroom full of my own students to sit down and shut up and stop talking about Jacoby's haircut, but I'm allowed to send home a note calling my child stinky butt and wanting to be her best friend? (sighs) I think we're having some language problems. I think we're... (laughs) I, I think we're having a hard time deciphering between what's acceptable behavior and what's not among adults and, and the children that they teach. I think we need to get our shit together. Ay ay ay. So anywho, let's start talking about let's let's go Jerry Springer. No, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, you know who we can talk to about it? Who? Um, our, our guests. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to we're talking to um, when we come back from our first break in a minute or two. We're going to talk to Jessica Leahy. Um, I, I got her book, The Gift of Failure. And uh, we're so I want to find out what she has to say about what we're doing with with making kids always right and, and all that crap. And then in our third segment, we're going to talk to Stacey Cox, um, who is uh, she's going to tell us about budgeting. And really help us out with single parenting. But before we go to our break, I want to talk about our our, our amazing sponsor, Doc on Call. Yes. Yeah. So um, I, I was thinking about using them this week, but I didn't get a chance to. But here's the thing. Yeah, because I'm going to actually when my kid gets home because he hurt his elbow oh. and it's all swollen. But I don't want it. My husband keeps saying, take him to urgent care, take him to urgent care. But I don't want to take him to urgent care because everybody's sick right now. Right. And, uh, yeah. And I don't want to sit, I don't want to sit in a waiting room with a whole bunch of sick kids so that they can look at my son's elbow and go, yeah, you, you hurt that. <laughs> 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 and take some, and take some ibuprofen. So when we, he gets home from school today, we're going to call up our doc on call 24 seven dot com board certified doctors and we're going to Skype with them and they're going to take a look at his elbow and they're going to tell us, what we can do and what they think is wrong, and that is a pretty amazing service. So if you haven't checked them out yet, go to uh, doc oncall247.com/parentnation and get your discounted membership today, 18 bucks a month for uh, getting checked out at home. Pretty sweet deal. So anyway, when we come back, like I said, we're going to be talking to Jessica Leahy about her book. Um, the Gift of Failure, How the Best Parents Learn to Let Go so their children can succeed after these messages.
0: Nation. It takes a village to pay the bills in this freaking studio, which is why Tara's taking a cocktail break and we're taking care of business with the work of these sponsors.
3: Homeschooling? Half questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 Central on Togenet.com.
0: Don't want to take your sick child out of the house? Doc On Call gives you access to U.S. board certified doctors by phone or video conference. Avoid illness in waiting rooms. Don't take time off work. Call from the comfort of your own home. Get prescriptions when appropriate. No health restrictions. And the best part, no consultation fee. Don't put off going to the doctor. For only $18 per month, get 24-7 access to doctors for you and your family. Go to Doc On Call 247. 247- Hey, Parent Nation.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am so excited to be talking with our first guest, Jessica Leahy. She is an educator, author, and speaker, and she writes a bi weekly column, The Parent Teacher Conference for the New York Times. And she is a contributing writer for The Atlantic. And uh, I have her new book here, The Gift of Failure, How the Best Parents Learn to Let Go So Their Children Can Succeed. And i got to tell you, it's, uh, it's a pretty timely and awesome book, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm not all the way through it yet, but I'm um, really liking it because she... Uh, she- teaches me a lot of stuff that i hadn't thought of before so hey there jessica how are you doing hey i'm doing really well
4: and i'll tell you the end is my favorite part
1: <laughs> isn't that always the best part the ending
4: so, it's where um, you like... get to wrap everything up an, and then tie a neat little bow around it so i'm looking forward to hearing what you think of the end <laughs> <laughs> well Absolutely. And, the, and the end stuff you know that's really what i really wanted you know i wrote the book that that I wanted because the parenting books I'd read just kind of made me feel bad but didn't give me a way forward. So, you know, that I really wanted to write something that gave some practical advice on, you know, on things rather than just talk about why we're doing stuff wrong.
1: What a concept, right? <laughs> It's And the thing is so funny, I mean, it, you know, I, you, you kind of made me feel a little bad about that because my next book is The Problem with Kids as Parents, but the fact <laughs> is, <laughs> but, but, but it's true, though, that I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, I got so tired of reading the books that kept saying, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that right. wrong, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. And I'm like, okay, tell me what I can do right, And and don't don't write in stereo instructions because I don't have a Ph.D. in this. Right. None of us do. Well,
4: right? and the other problem for me is I'm a teacher. So, you know, I had gotten kind of used to bad-talking the parents and, you know, saying, oh, well, you know, it's their fault. They're over-parenting, blah, blah, blah. And then I got to a certain point, and I said, oh, my gosh, wait a second. That's me too. I'm one of those parents. And so while I was trying to find a way forward for my students' parents, you know, at the same time, I was trying to find a way forward for me, and I lo- I love to research and I love to sort of figure out how the research applies to the real world. So, and as a journalist, that's what I do. So I just applied that to parenting and 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 all of the research out there that's usually applied to business stuff. You know, motivate human motivation and how extrinsic motivators work and all that kind of stuff.
1: Isn't that amazing to you? Because it completely amazes me. As an entrepreneur, I'm always reading books about how to um, motivate people that work for me and how Mm -hmm. to motivate myself and how to achieve my goals. But yet that so rarely was a conversation to have with parents about parenting.
4: Well, actually, what I found really interesting, I think, is that because we're having kids older, we're having kids after we're more educated, after we've been out in the workforce for a while we just take those tools from work and try to apply them to our parenting, and then we say, "Okay, now I need some sort of review. I need someone to tell me how I'm doing. I need a performance review on my parenting." And unfortunately, we're we're looking for our kids to our kids for that, and right. you know that's unfair <laughs> to do to them. And and plus, it's kind of silly because you know our kids are not just the sum total of our parenting, as anyone who has more than one child knows. Right. Exactly. And it's and
1: it's so funny, too, because with two different people raising the same kids, Mm -hmm. my husband and I are so diametrically opposed on so many of our parenting beliefs, you know, so you can't even rely on your own knowledge. You have to rely on the knowledge that you have, as well as take into consideration the beliefs and habits of the other person in the relationship. Which that little girl, that little six-year-old girl, so eloquently schooled us on, right?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, you know, we're just putting kids in an impossible situation, I think. We're, you know, frustrated with them when they're incompetent and they can't move forward on their own, and then we do everything for them and and wonder why they don't have the ability to move forward on their own.
1: Do you know my least favorite term to use with kids is
4: common sense? (laughs) It's not very common, unfortunately.
1: Right? It's like you have to be, something has to be common to you for you to be able to use common sense around it. And nothing's common to them yet. They're still kids. Oh, for crying out loud. So you talk about, do you think that we've taught our kids to fear failure?
4: Oh, absolutely. Well, I think because we do as parents. I mean, the reason the, the word failure is in the title is that. Um, that word is so frightening to parents, and therefore it's frightening to their children. It's just it it can cause paralysis. So, and and, and I also wanted to you know imply that the word failure means you know small missteps and mistakes and all of those moments when things don't go exactly the way we want them to do uh, to go, and that those moments are incredible learning opportunities. And when we short circuit that for our kids by fixing things for them or shielding them from the consequences of their actions, every time we do that, we're robbing them of a learning opportunity. And, you know, childhood seems to stretch out on the horizon forever and ever and ever, but we don't have that much time to teach our kids how to be competent.
1: You know, it's so ironic that you said that because it was one of the things that I talked about today um, with this with the whole situation that we're seeing in youth sports. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, the the situations that we've seen recently are anomalies when you consider how many kids really are involved in youth sports, Mm -hmm. right? However... One of the other statistics that was shocking to me is out of every 10,000 youth athletes, only three of them will make it into the NBA. Nine of them will make it into the NFL. So when you consider that your kids' experience in youth sports is probably not going to extend beyond high school, we really need to start looking at who our kids are becoming in that very short period of time instead of a scoreboard at the end of the season. You know
4: what I mean? Well, and we tend to view it as an investment, too. So if you get your kids started nice and early on, say, soccer, and then they hit, you know, second or third grade, and they've been doing it because all their friends are doing it, and then they get to a point where they can start thinking about whether they actually like it, and then they say, I'd really like to quit. I don't like it, and we don't let them because we feel like they have so much time invested in it and so much Mm. we have all the equipment. You know, that's time when they could be trying out different things, when they could be, you know, trying out, I don't know, metalworking or, exactly, something (laughs) else that they might really love. And um, by, you know, by scheduling them up with the stuff that we think they should be doing rather than the stuff that they, you know, should, you know, you can try 10 different things in a year and one might stick. You know, I think that's such a disservice to do to kids.
1: I agree so much. I think we have so much in common, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) So when you, you have kids. Mm -hmm. How did you handle those situations? How did you keep from over-parenting and over-compensating and over-correcting with your own kids?
4: Well, every single time I, I think about – so there's an example in the book um, where my son, who has been working so hard on his organizational skills, and I've, I've chronicled that over at the New York Times in my column. You know, his, he's just like most middle school boys. He has trouble with organization. Um, and we 'd been working on you know making sure the homework would make it in the in the bag and go to school and all that sort of stuff, and then he left it at home and I had to go to school later that day, and it would have been really easy for me to take it to him and not only that, it would have made me feel great you know I would have been able to check off that you know I was a great parent today kind of box <laughs> and um, but i didn 't and Uh, A friend of mine uh, wrote me, I put it up on Facebook what was going on, and a friend of mine said, you know, I, I, I respect you, but I disagree. I think we teach our kids compassion and we do nice things for them. If your husband left his charger at home, you'd take it to him at work. And I was like, oh, man, is she right? Am I wrong? And I thought about it and I thought, I realized you know you know what, I would take my char- the charger to my husband at work, but I'm not raising my husband. And I certainly haven't been having a conversation for the past two weeks about why it's so important to put the charger in his bag the night before so that he doesn't forget it. Um, so I didn't deliver the homework that day, and instead I-, I made cookies. I figured, you know, do something else to show my love, but showing up with the homework is not the best way to do it. And it led to the most amazing um, interaction with his teacher where he had to figure out a system for remembering his homework because his teacher sat down with him and he said let's tackle this let's figure this out and he created this index card checklist for himself and that was 2 years ago and it's still on our refrigerator it is mm. still sitting on our refrigerator is the way he remembers things every morning and if i'd rescued him that day by taking his homework to him that never would have happened that whole you know figuring out a new system for himself that works for him Um, And he may have to try two or three different systems first, but he lucked into a system that worked because it was the one he came up with out of necessity. And, you know, that's loving our kids, not that momentary like, oh, I'm such a good mom because I took the homework over. Everyone's going to think I'm great and prompt and helpful and all that sort of stuff
1: and then when he's 23 and you're still taking him his lunch at work because he forgot it you (laughs) know yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) and you know what kids do need to i I think we forget that Uh, even as adults the things that cause us discomfort are the things that make us problem solve and the things that stick with us yeah, Why would do, it be any
4: different for our kids? Right. And there's a great quote. Michael Thompson in his book, Homesick and Happy, about sending kids to camp, talks about the fact that when he does talks, he asks parents to think, of the people in the audience, the adults, to think of the thing they're most proud of. Like when they really had an adventure that made them learn something or where they felt proud of themselves. And then he asks people to raise their hands if their parents were there for that. And almost no one raises their hands because the moments when we have to problem solve and become competent and, and innovative and figure out how to fix something on our own, those are those incredibly proud moments. And, and I, the last thing I want to do is steal that from my children.
1: Oh, wow. That's pretty amazing. I was trying to think of mine, and, you know, I have to be truthful with you. Ironically, my parents were present for <laughs> all of them. But, but here's the difference my parents gave me the opportunity to do each of those things and then stood on the sidelines while I did it myself.
4: Yeah, 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 I absolutely understand. I mean, really isn't that what we do? We sort of give them the tools that they need in order to do the thing on their own. I mean, for me, you know, my dad when I was young taught me how to fix things and stuff like that, but the moments I can think of that I'm most proud of were when they – helped me develop the skills on my own and then, and then let me go at it on my own and figure things out. And when it got scary, they didn't jump in and, and fix it all for me. They, they trusted me. Because, you know, every time we jump in and save our kids, what we're saying to them is, I don't think you're smart enough, brave enough, competent enough to handle this on your own. Here, let me do it for you. Mm-hmm. So really what we're telling our kids over and over again is, I don't trust you. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. absolutely true that's absolutely true so now here's something that you know I, I'm very proud of um, we do but but not not everybody agrees with me um, we don't give our kids an allowance right mm-hmm. but we give our kids opportunities to earn money to get the things that they want right um, so what do you what do you think about systems like that like reward systems and allowance systems and that sort of thing
4: uh, you know I actually I'm a fan of the system where kids get a set amount of money um, each week as an allowance because it gives them a an opportunity to learn how to budget because they're going to have to buy the things they want with that money, not their food, not, you know, other basic mm-hmm. things, but the things they want. And, and honestly, I defer completely to Ron Lieber on this. He wrote a fantastic book called The Opposite of Spoiled. He's the Your Money columnist for The New York Times. And he does a really thorough look at this. But giving kids money not for doing parts of, you know, what what we do around the house is important because the other side of this is we do things around the house like empty the dishwasher or rake leaves or whatever that thing is because we're part of the family and we support the family. We have a purpose within the family. And when we pay kids for tasks around the house, What we tell them is, oh, I do these tasks for free, but you do these tasks because, you know, some special situation where, you know, I have to beg you to do it, and therefore I'm going to give you money to do it. So I specifically do not ever give my children four tasks. It's just part of what they do to be a part of the family.
1: So then how do you handle the allowance if they don't, like, what if they don't do their tasks?
4: It's it's irrelevant to the tasks. (laughs) It's, it's part of what they do as an education in how to manage money because they're going to be – so, for example, if they and, – and as I said, Ron Lieber goes into great detail about this. If they want some special expensive thing as part of their wardrobe to go back to school, they're buying that. Or mm-hmm. if you're at the store and they want something that's not on the list, they're buying that, and they have to manage their money in order to figure out what to purchase. And that's and it's also part of saving and part of donating money. And, you know, how, however you choose to do that, we have, you know, three separate jars for give, save, and spend. Um, but what they do around the house, that's just an expectation that they will do those things. That's part of, you know, we, we've robbed kids of a purpose in the family by not asking them to do anything except their homework. Um, mm-hmm. and that, that's not being part of a family. That's being a freeloader.
1: Wow. Interesting. I and mean, we do something similar. Um, but we do, but we do pay for tasks mm-hmm. like yeah. mowing the lawn and stuff. Like m- if my kids want a hundred dollars sneakers, we only pay $40 for sneakers. So they got to come up with that $60 on yeah, their Yeah. There
4: own. are all kinds of great systems for yeah. doing that. It's just, uh, what I'm talking about is the, you will get your allowance this week if you clean the bathroom and make your bed. No, I'm sorry. Cleaning the bed or cleaning the bathroom and making the bed is part of what we do to keep a household running. And I don't pay for that. I love that.
1: I think that's really <laughs> good. And you know, the thing that I love about it is like, you know, there to there's, there's something that works for everybody. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's really cool. Like we don't pay for
4: grades. Right. Well, um, and, you know, that's a huge no-no. I mean, when I speak at schools and I ask kids to raise their hands and tell me who's being paid for grades, it's a shocking, shocking percentage. And the problem is being paying kids for grades, that's an extrinsic motivator. Not only does it not work in the long term, extrinsic or external motivators do not work in the long term. Um, and not only that, it kills off your desire to learn and kills off creativity. Um, basically I agree with the, that the quickest, the quickest way to get your kids to value anything over learning is to give them external rewards um, for grades.
1: Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Oh,
4: my gosh. I can't believe that we're out of time, but that was a
1: really great way to <laughs> end this segment. So see, wrap it all up at the end. I love that. Um, so anyway, I want people to be able to get a hold of you. Jessica Leahy, the book is called The Gift of Failure, How the Best Parents Learn to Let Go So Their Children Can Succeed. And uh, we're going to put your contact information up on our Parent Nation Facebook page and our website. And when we okay. come back, we're going to be talking to Stacey Cox about how you can budget and get the things you need on a really tight purse. So after we come back from this break.
0: Close your iTunes player. Uh, oh, f- it. Parent Nation, Tara Kennedy Klein needs a pee break. And we'll be
3: right back with more Parenting with a Twist. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on TogiNet.com. It's never heard.
2: I just love the warning labels companies attach to their products to prevent lawsuits. Apparently, they think we're a bunch of blunderbusses and poppin' jays. Here are a few of my favorites. A warning label on a mattress said, Do not attempt to swallow. In a manual for a chainsaw, do not attempt to stop the blade with your hand. On a toner cartridge for a laser printer, do not eat toner. When are we? Part of the radiculi? On a bag of chips, you could be a winner. No purchase necessary. Details inside. Now that seems a bit hooky-crooky, don't you think? On the other hand, a 500-piece jigsaw puzzle noted on the box. Some assembly required. Now that's prick-nickety or above board.
5: It's Words You Never Heard. I'm
2: Carolyn Davidson, and Words You Never Heard has been brought to you by the Bariatric Surgery Center of
3: Dallas.
0: Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy-Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents
1: clean my house, (laughs) it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer.
0: Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kenneth Klein. And now,
5: back to the show.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much to Jessica Leahy. Kelly, she's awesome. I really like her. She's Yeah, I could talk to her all day. Uh-huh. So, but we're not going to because we have another guest. Yes. Yes. So our next guest is Stacy Cox. And um, as a single mom of a growing boy, she had to learn how to buy on a really strict budget. Know how that feels, right? mm mm-hmm. oh, Been there. Oh, my gosh. Been there, there, done that. Yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, still exactly. Still there, still doing that. So just cause we're on radio doesn't mean we're billionaires. <laughs> no shit to that. So anyway, um, she started using coupons and sales and discounts and stuff like that. And, um, so she's on the show to talk to us about how we can stretch our money too. So, Hey, Stacy, how's it going?
5: Hi, how are you? And thank you for inviting me on.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, um, you're, you're pretty much like 90% of the parents on the planet right now. Um, (laughs) so I tell us about how you got started on this whole, um,
5: path of yours. Well, I you know, I, my son, thank God, he's a, he's an adult now, and, um, and he's learned how to um, manage coupons also. But, you know, just in the daily living, trying to make ends meet, um, working three, four jobs, um, you know, and still not making uh, enough to cover my household, you have to come up with creative ways to, you know, save money to get, you know, I believe in getting the most for your dollar. Um, and so I started looking at coupons and kind of started out, flow and said, oh, okay, there's a coupon for 55 cents. You know, I like these crackers. You know, I don't want to, I don't like to buy the store brand, although I don't have a problem with it, but, you know, it's just how I am. And, um, used it and realized, you know, I save money. I'm always looking for the sales at the stores. And then when I realized that, you know, I can buy something on sale and use a coupon and save more money, um, you know, I just slowly began to, you know, look for more coupons on things that I like to buy.
1: Well, that's pretty
5: awesome because I always thought that you could
1: not use coupons on sale items.
5: No, that, you know what, that's the wonderful thing because you can, um, in some stores, they may not allow you to do it It depends on where you go, but most stores, uh, you don't have a problem with that is what you have to find out the store policy first.
1: So I remember as a little girl, my, my mom would sit down on a Sunday. Actually, we got the coupon section of the paper on Saturday evening (laughs) And then the news part on Sunday. So she would sit down on a Sunday morning with the coupon section, which was like a half an inch thick and her scissors and this accordion file. And she would just clip coupons like a crazy person. And I think because of that, I've developed like a phobia of coupons because I was always the person who had to follow her and search through the accordion file and and find the right coupons and it made me insane. So now like well first of all, I don't get I don't get the Sunday paper. Right. So so what what is a gal like me to do to really take advantage of the coupon biz?
5: Well all I can tell you is you know, um, seeing that you grew up with that, and I can understand you going a little crazy um, because there are times when, you know, I just don't feel like carrying the coupon. Um, but, you know, I also start looking at my food bill and realize that, you know, I'm spending more than what I wanted. And so, you know, part of it is setting your budget. You know, if you set a budget that, you know, I don't want to go over this for the month or I don't want to go over this amount for the week for my family, you know, and how can I get the most groceries and stay within that budget and start looking at, it like that, you know, like that? So when I go to the store, um, you know, and I pull out my coupons, and, you know, if I want to get something extra, my son would say, well, Ma, you know, can I get this? Then I look at my coupons, and I know, okay, well, I'm going to be saving, you know, several dollars. Yeah, we can put that in because now I can get more for my money, Um you know, so that's how you kind of have to look at things. How can I get the most for my money? How can I save so that I can do other things? So, you know, you may say, well, if I use, start using coupons, if I start to save, then, you know, I can kind of treat myself to a spa day or I could treat myself to the movies. I can do me time and not have to worry, you know, feel guilty about spending the extra money because I wanted to spend it, have, you know, some me time and, you know, that cost.
1: That's a great idea. So I have a question for you because a lot of the people that I work with are on public assistance. Mm-hmm. Can you use coupons with the SNAP cards and the and the um, um, public assistance?
5: Yes, there, there's no I mean, you, you know that it's money. It's, you know, that's money. Um, yeah, you know, the, the food stamps, you have no problem. I, you know, what I was on, I had to use food stamps at one point, And, you know, that's one. that was around the time that I started using the coupon because, you know, not every item you can buy with, um, with your card or with the benefit, um, mm-hmm. you know, paper towels and toilet paper, those things you can't buy. You have to use cash for it. So you need to figure out how can I get the most for my money so that my, fi- my family is covered. So the month, you know, and when you receive public assistance, you know, you only get, you know, money once a month. So you really got to make that dollar stretch.
1: Right. And uh, clearly, you know, like Gwyneth Paltrow didn't know what the heck she was doing. She was buying like cilantro (laughs) and avocados with her $40. But so, so if you're the normal person, if you're a normal person on public assistance and you're actually buying, you know, like cereal and right. so what if I don't get a newspaper? Where can I find coupons?
5: You can find them online. You can go to neighbor's house. You can go to your parents. Uh, you can ask coworkers if they get um, coupons. Um, I don't get the Sunday paper anymore. I, you know, stop getting them. So I would go to different sites, and you, you have to pay for. It. You may have to pay ten cents, or, you know, for a coupon or five cents for a coupon. But you know, it for me, it was worth it. You know, I didn't. I tried not to overdo it. Um, I would use them. I would go on that site. Plus, I would ask, you know, people, do you have these coupons? Or my parents never used coupons, so I would just take their coupons and then I would. try Try to get, you know, two or three of the same because you do want to, you know, when you're when you're couponing, you do want to get several coupons um, because sometimes you may have um, where, you know, coupon may say uh, um, you can get two for, you know, two for a dollar. Um, you know, so you might need multiple So you you know, or you may be able to save more money. Um, but I I used to bring my son with me and say, okay, well you get these coupons and here's your money. I need you to pay for this and I'll pay for this. (laughs) 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 So You got to be resourceful. So I understood why your mother made sure you came with her. (laughs) She did.
1: It was ridiculous. It was awesome. But at the same time, and the thing that like my cousin, Kelly, she is mm-hmm. like an Uber couponer. So she's one of those people like makes furniture out of paper towels because she has so many Gosh. freaking packs of paper <laughs> towels in her house. And but it it's ridiculous. Like her, her garage looks like Sam's Club because she'll like she'll be like 40 bottles of shampoo. I'm like, "Who in your lifetime is ever going to use <laughs> that much stuff?" But you, she gets these amazing deals. I don't even know how she does it. She, one time she went shopping and bought $400 worth of groceries. She was telling me this last Christmas. She got $400 worth of groceries, and her bill was a little over
5: $60. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have not, I'm reaching that point. I'm trying to get to that point. <laughs> it's
1: a goal. It is a, a straight-up goal to get to that point. I'm like, Psh.
5: Well, You know what? She now has extra money to do other things that she enjoys, Mm -hmm. and that's the key. We have to find where we can save money because, you know, the reality is we all have to work, and we all need to eat, you know. So wherever we can save money so that we can try to enjoy life a little bit, you know, a little more. Um, So we have to work at and get creative at, you know, saving money. Um, You know, if you can't go to your boss and say, hey, look, I want to raise, you know, today, and this is how much I need. And you had to figure out other ways that you can get the money that you need.
1: Right. One of the things that you suggest that I think is really brilliant is you actually plan daily meals and then use your coupons around your meals.
5: Yes. Because, you know, what I found was at one point when I first started, you know, using coupons, once I started getting a little better at it and using them, I was actually beginning to spend more money because I wasn't properly planning. And so once I started you know, planning out my meals, like looking in my cabinet, seeing what I have and, and, you know, making a checklist of what is needed, then I began to shop around that. And that helped a lot, you know, because there was only two people in my house, but yet I'm spending money as if I had five, six, seven people in my house. And so I had to kind of, you know, streamline it and realize what was working and what wasn't working. You know, getting the things that I need, but also saving money and getting everything that I need.
1: Right, like 37 recipes with ramen noodles. Like, my mom (laughs) would have been brilliant at that. That would would have been her gift. (laughs)
5: Exactly. You know, it's always looking for the sales, looking, you know, looking for sales, looking for the coupons, and saving as much as you can.
1: So do you go to, like, 14 different stores to shop?
5: No. I, that's the one thing I can't take um, is going to the multiple stores and getting chicken here, getting bread here, getting, you know, rib here. I, I can't take that. So I stick to the stores that I know that I like, that I enjoy going to. Um, you know, one of the beautiful things like, you know, BJ's, um, if you have a BJ's movie, they do take manufacturer coupons, but uh, places like Sam, you know, and they're talking about the warehouses. Sam mm-hmm. doesn't take a uh, manufacturing coupon. So, you know, now I can use, you know, a BJ's coupon when I, I go through the circle of the BJ's, too. So I can look at BJ's because I tend to like to buy in bulk. I know that not everybody likes to do it. Sometimes you're spending more. But for me, you know, certain items, it last longer. So that's just my personal preference. So I'll go to BJ's and I'll take my coupon for BJ's and I'll take my, my manufacturer's coupon and I put them together. So now I'm saving money. Um, you know, and, and it's something that I'm going to use. It's something that, you know, my family uses for the month, or, you know, like, um, like, uh, toothpaste or it could be detergent or, you know, whatever it is that you decide that you like to buy. Um, you know, and that's a great day- ideal
1: for non-perishable stuff too, because wow. you can't buy, you can't buy non-perishables on like WIC cards and stuff like that, but okay. you can go to BJ's with your bazillion coupons and buy like Kelly all the paper towels and toilet paper and shampoo you're going to need for the next 13
5: years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to, you know, you have to plan accordingly. Um, you know, where, where is it the places that you in, like to go to, um, mm-hmm. and just plan accordingly. Uh, looking, finding out the stores. Like I have a, a, um, I have a shop, shop and Shop. They offer um, on certain days they have a double coupons. So where my coupons for $0.55, cents made, you know, $0.50 cents, um, on certain days, it can be doubled. Um, you know, so it's, you know, planning your day or planning your shopping around, you know, your meals, planning your shopping around your coupons, planning your shopping around what you need. And, you know, and I know that, you know, if I buy a big thing of paper towels, then I know that that may last me a month. It may last me, you know, six weeks. And so, you know, in six weeks or a month, you know, I'll be going back and I'll be buying uh, uh, this, you know, big thing of to paper towels again. But I know that I'm saving money. And I get very frustrated if I don't have coupons to save money. I really do.
1: I can imagine. So you're probably like the last person I'm going to see buying like groceries at a Wawa. No. <laughs> well, you know what
5: the beauty is? I don't even have one near me. Oh, geez. But
1: no. See, that's the worst. We have we have a CVS with a grocery store in it, and we have Sheets, which is kind of like a Wawa or whatever, within right. walking distance of my house. So if I run out of milk or eggs or bread, I'll be like, "Hey guys, run up to Sheets or CVS, and I'll give them a ten dollar bill." They'll come back right. with no change and be like, "The lady spotted me five cents." I'm, seriously, like, how does that even happen? It's but then you know, if I were to just think ahead a little bit and do all of my shopping, I could use my coupons. And you know what we have here that's really cool? I just realized right. I do kind of use coupons a little bit because we have um, we have a red we have Redner's stores here where I am, and they okay. have this thing called Punk Perks. It's it's for gas.
5: So
1: oh, nice, right? So for every hundred dollars you spend, or something like that, you get. 10 cents off a gallon of gas. And it's cumulative. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I just went to the gas station that took my pump perks card the other day. I got mm-hmm. 70 cents off a gallon, per gallon. And I filled up my tank.
5: Mm-hmm. You see? <laughs> and you felt good, didn't you?
1: I was so proud I, I tipped the guy. <laughs> I was, like, so proud of myself. <laughs>
5: That's so you, amazing. You tipped, him, you tipped him with the balance of what you would have spent.
1: Oh yeah, no. Well, no. That would have been a lot. But I gave him like three bucks and I'm like, This is for you because I was a smart okay. shopper.
5: But you know, and he was appreciative. You he know, was. he didn't know that she had saved money, but he was very appreciative. You know so that you know, that's the beauty of it. I mean, I feel good when I save money. You know, I get excited. You know, I look at my you know, as soon as I'm walking away from the register, I'm looking at the receipt and I'm like, Oh, thank you so much
1: See, exactly. <laughs> That I do that, too. Yep. I'm like, <laughs> that's amazing. That so is it's, so it's cool. A, you know,
5: it's a wonderful thing. And the thing is, you know, with couponing, I mean, I, you know, because I, I don't just even just save on food, but also when I'm going to store, I look to find out, you know, if, um, if there's any coupons. I go online, and I look to see if I can find a coupon um, so that I can buy, you know, something that I want. So, uh, I, you know, I... I went to buy a dress, and the dress was about $70, and it was a little more than I wanted to spend, but it was, you know, it was a beautiful dress. But I found a coupon, and so with the coupon, I was able to get the dress, a sweater, and two sweaters. So now I'm oh feeling really good because I didn't save some money.
1: <laughs> That's a great idea. I can't believe we're yeah. out of time, but so so basically you can go, so you're talking like anything. If I need to buy a car battery, I can go online and find a coupon for it. That's so awesome. Stacey, thank you so much for helping us out today. I really appreciate everything that you've shared, and also I want to thank our other guest, Jessica Leahy, and if you want to keep in touch with us, join us on our Parent Nation Facebook page or on my website, TaraKennedyKline.com. Until next week, everybody, keep playing. Shut them up.
0: Connect with Tara online at tarakennedykline.com Until next time, remember this. Parent Nation, why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet? Why don't we just
1: appreciate the gift that we're given and try calling